Hi, welcome back to Background Centuries. Background Centuries. I'm Ethan. And I'm Noah. Ethan, what do we we got going on today? We wanted to start things off uh, with a little uh, little, uh, little update Mm -hmm. on the gaming world. This is Game Boys and Girls. No, I'm talk- sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say it. No, I'll start. Yeah, okay, Ethan. I thought we said got that it. I would start this one. You're totally right. You got to say the the intro name. So can I? You're totally it's right. It's okay. It's fine. I think. Okay, and we're gonna jump right in. Three, three, two, two one. one. Hey guys, what are we gonna uh gonna? Whew, can you take this one for me, Ethan? It, you know, it's okay. That's okay. I, you know, I, I just want to reiterate. I know we've talked about this before. I want to reiterate. If at any time you just feel like, you know what, this one isn't for me. Yeah. I want you. I want you to be able to tell me. Yeah. That. Like you know how sometimes words don't fit in your mouth, so and it feels like you're trying to put a a, a star block down a square hole. You know what I mean? Vis a vis your words. Yeah. Well, I got a surgery for that, and yeah, I actually meant to ask you how that went. I don't have any problems with that. Oh, it went well. It went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Literally, think of any word. Think of any um, word. Iridocyclitis. It fits. What? It fits. Wow. Okay. It fits. That's pretty cool. But um, yeah. I think, you know what would fit even better? A conversation about a video game. A video game. Coming this November. It's kind of ex- an expected thing. Yeah, we all know. At this point, it's kind of like it's kind of like getting the next Marvel movie. You know, you like you know it's gonna come. You're excited for it, but you know it's gonna come. Um, so um, initially, I wasn't super excited about it. It's you know it's it's a an installment in a franchise, um, a long running franchise that's been pretty successful. Um, when you say Ethan, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you don't want to admit that you like yeah. it, but you buy it anywhere anyway when it comes out yeah. every single November. Yeah, and there's obviously those those few that were misses and every, we can all admit that they were misses yeah but i mean it still sells out like crazy. yeah and it's it's you know there's always going to be hits and misses but this the, the this franchise we're talking about has kind of revolutionized the first person sh- first person shooting genre like um the sort of combat simulation um uh do you want to tell them what the franchise is that we're gonna be talking about yeah time to go this episode we're gonna be talking about I almost said Last of Us. I never talked about Last of Us three. Lock, lock and load. Just they throw the plot away, and Ellie's just a, like a gunslinger. Like there's yeah. no more commentary on violence or anything. It's just no. Okay. Um, this episode we're going to be talking about time to go three colon lock and load. Yeah. I'm guessing you saw the preview that came out uh, just earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I was, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one in this camp who, the, the teaser that released early March just did not give me enough so far to, to make me be excited about this game. Because, because the last game, the, la- the last Time to Go game kind of fell flat. I mean, I know that it was just a, a, a mobile port, but I feel like they had so much more room to go with it. Um, but, but yeah, after this, after this, this trailer, I'm so, so stoked for it. I like what they're doing. 
Yeah, I know that you know the last uh, the last mobile port had some mechanical issues with like the aim assist. Yeah, it kind of was clunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people complained about it. There was there was sort of a lack of that twitchiness that is necessary, particularly in a multiplayer context. Yeah, you, you really need that. You need that you fluidity, and you need that. Yeah, you can't be off. Yeah, and so I, I think mean, it's, that it's I, down to milliseconds. You know, and I think that our, our the just I think the fact of the matter is is just the 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 common engine that we have on most mobile platforms just isn't strong enough to carry a game like this and i think that's fine i think that it's fine if it stays a console slash pc game like i i think that that's i think that's valid and i think that's okay you know um now i i i want to get i want to get sort of your thoughts on this because i know that there's been some buzz after the preview that came out i thought it was a little weird that we saw sort of that that teaser of the the real time strategy portion yeah. where we're incorporating the like shamelessly plugging the plants versus zombies uh property I did not expect for them to cross over with that because you know uh time to go has always been like a very realistic visceral sh- you know war game and the fact that they're introducing not only a new mechanic but also a new franchise into the mix. I, I, I'll say I'm curious. I don't exactly know how I feel about it quite yet. I'm gonna have to wait to see maybe a gameplay, maybe some game gameplay footage or something like that. But yeah, definitely keeping an open mind about it. But that was weird. This this trailer was very bold, um, and and had a lot of you know really wild things going for it um what did you think because i thought this was kind of odd but what did you think about how in game in order to heal you have to stop by different mcdonald's uh uh, franchises to fill up your your big mac meter and that subsequently fills up your health bar what did you because i thought that was that was a cool idea A, a lot of games are doing foraging mechanics and stuff like that and 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 relying heavily on that but i thought that it was it was so bold of them to choose such a recognizable brand to have that be their thing i mean two two thoughts sort of come across my mind immediately when i when i saw that uh one uh maybe the 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 pessimist in me says, okay, this just seems like uh, branding or name dropping, yeah, maybe grabs. a way to get some cash grab. Uh, the other part of me wonders, you know, okay, for so long, you know, the time to go franchise has really epitomized, uh, you know, the toned muscular hero, yeah. and maybe now they're going for sort of like a body positive yeah. message and vibe mm-hmm. with you know our main protagonist whatever character we're choosing to play mm-hmm. as is, you know, down to clown with some McDonald's down to clown. Like, like our good buddy, Ronald McDonald. That's right. Speaking of Ronald McDonald, I, the, I did think that it was cool that they added a Ronald McDonald skin that you could play as. And if I'm not, I'm going to Google it actually, because it seemed like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's Ronald McDonald, but it's just, he's just really buff. He's really buff and he has, mm-hmm. he doesn't have sleeves. And I, I, mm. I've seen a lot of video game um, assets and a lot of video game characters, and those are the veiniest arms I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, well, and there's the little Easter egg, that the tattoo on his inner bicep. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Have you seen the forums about the speculating what that tattoo means? Yeah, I I have seen. I I I choose to believe that it's um it's an Easter egg just for the trailer, and then I think that they're gonna pay it off somehow in the gameplay because I because. Mm-hmm. If you look really close, there's actually a QR code scanner, and I think that it's gonna we're, it's gonna be building this ARG um, kind of advertising model, you know. And I know that you know so many are hoping that this doesn't just become uh, sort of a gateway into sort of like paywalls yeah. for other downloadable content because that has plagued this particular franchise for so Ugh, long. This genre. This whole this genre because yeah. mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to keep people engaged when it's a um, a sequel model you know you got to keep them coming back yeah um, we've seen Destiny have a lot of success with their um, you know limited limited um, time content you know and I think that um, that accepting a brand deal of such magnitude might be what um, the people over at over at cool cool you know cool engine cool engine five sorry mm-hmm. I, I forgot the I, for, I had to pull it up because I, I i know they just combined with um extreme engine they used to be cool gents and gals making video games that was their company and then they changed they they combined with um cool, energy engine and now they're cool engine which i think was a great move on their part and i know that uh energy engine was really clear that like the name has to go if we're going to merge yeah because it was just so such a long title for a because for a a game studio i don't know if i don't know if you did this but i definitely did this where i when i saw the first definitely the first time to go game i thought it was called cool gents and ladies making games because the studio title was so big on the cover so that's it did kind of take up the whole, the whole business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I, I, I like I like Cool Engine, Cool Engine Five. I think that they're doing some really good work over there. Uh, another thing that I thought was weird that we did see in the trailer is that there's um, a family building mechanic. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, uh, mm-hmm. Now you you've kind of been doing some research on this because I know I know you're you know really into the uh, multiplayer gaming and the e- esports scene surrounding Time to Go, and so do you want do you know anything about this? this life sim portion of the game? So I know that uh, last E3, um, Edgar Sanchez, the sort of the... Um, public liaison? The C- yeah. The public liaison of, of uh, Cool Engine, what is now Cool Engine, mm-hmm. was really candid in, in multiple interviews about the influence that uh, the sim sort of the, the, mm-hmm. um, the, the grandparent of sim games, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, how, how influential that was early on for him and, and inspiring him to make video games. Naturally, his career sort of went a different direction in the kinds of games that he was going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, until recently, he really feels like he wants to go back to his roots. So that was last E3. Yeah. So a lot of people are starting to think, me included, that this is sort of the payoff from that statement mm-hmm. a year ago yeah. of wanting to find a way to bring time to go into the home. Yeah. And not just, not just, you know, in a literal sense, like bringing it to your TV in your home, but bringing it close to home and making you feel like 
you're creating home. Yeah. While engaging in extreme acts of violence. Yeah, because then, because then you go to you go to war, and there's that juxtaposition of like, oh, I'm holding my son. Oh, now I'm holding a grenade. What do I do? You know, like, oh, I hope I'm not. You know, I don't mix those two up. You know. And I think that it could have the potential to create really interesting stakes. Yeah. For the game that I feel like has been lacking for so long. I mean, there's the the audacity and just sort of the the bodacious nature mm-hmm. of time to go has has reached maybe a plateau yeah. to where it's like how how much further can they keep pushing the world to the brink now the stakes are a lot more intimate yeah. because la- a last lot game more nuclear one of the reasons why i didn't like last game the last game so much is because you know i i thought that it was cool that they kind of set part of it in space um but it was just too out there and 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 i didn't i didn't feel connected and like i didn't i didn't like you were saying i didn't feel the stakes in the in the game um but i think that this new this new um this new add-on is going to kind of create a more life value like a more value of life in the game within the game yeah i mean now it's about micro decisions Mm -hmm. rather than you know world uh, the difference between the world going on i mean it's just it's such uh, these these macro concepts that the average the average gamer isn't necessarily always thinking about um and so you know there's a time and place for that yeah i always enjoy a game that really makes me think about wow like how could my actions affect the world in any meaningful way uh, but then too, y- you need that, you need that variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y- you need that, that spice to sort of remind you that all of life is a series of micro decisions. Mm. Wow. Did you take that off of, did you, did you get that from something that that's, that's a beautiful saying. What? That's a beautiful saying. Did you get that from something? I, um, Anything else you want to talk about as with in regards to uh, time to go? Um, there was one thing. There was one thing that I wanted to say that I just I thought that it was really exciting for them to kind of talk about their um, their their campaign a little bit, their storyline. And I thought mm-hmm. that it was weird that it seems like, and they're hinting at this, that your character is supposed to anamorph into a shark at about halfway through the game, and then you play mm-hmm. the game mainly as a shark for the rest of it. A shark with a gun? Well, and that's what we don't know. I mean, are you going to be able to still wield your weapons that you've been, you know, spending upgrading. so much time up- upgrading to just to just drop them as the shark? I don't know how that's going to pan out. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the the mechanics look the shark mechanics look cool, but like you're saying, I don't know if it's going to be too much of a of a misstep, especially with all of the Ronald McDonald content. It might be. Mm-hmm. It might be. T- mm-hmm. It might be a swing for the fences that that goes a little foul. But I'm I'm definitely excited to to go on this ride. Yeah, I mean this this may be them jumping the shark. Um, yeah. Uh, but time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. And you know what? Time will also tell. Time will also tell us that it's time to jump into our next segment. Pinpoint. Guess where we're going today? 
Guess where we're going today on our plane? Guess where we are going Where are we going today? We're going to Managua, Nicaragua. Managua, Nicaragua. Oh, interesting. And that's actually the capital of Nicaragua. Now, uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yeah. It's, um, uh, it's... For those of you who don't know, it's in uh, Central America. It's you know, it's right, kind of right below Mexico in that in that um, space between um, South America and and North America. You know, right there in Central America. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Central America actually gets its name because it is toward the center. Whereas the um, North America is named because it is more closely related to the northern side of the globe. Um, same with South America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this is exciting because it's going to, it's going to take us, I think, into a a dynamic and fun conversation about, of all things, fashion. I'm excited. I mean, oh yeah. 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 I'm sure you would agree. I watched fashion week last year. Okay. Uh, I know, I know the, I know, I know all the, the stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's a fun, a fun little tidbit. Uh, about Nicaragua's capital, that they, going back really centuries, began the trend that has continued even to this day. One of the, I mean, a fashion statement with the probably the greatest longevity oh, in human yeah. history that we know of, other than like maybe the sandal. Yeah. Uh, is um, ankle bells. Oh, yeah. Ankle bells. And... Here's the thing, I, I, because I had actually heard about it before I was actually, I, before I actually saw it on the runway, and when I heard about it, I was thinking like, um, what are the logistics of this, and why would this be anything anybody would want to wear, but then once I saw it strutting down the, the runway, I was like, okay, I get it now, and I bought myself uh, three pairs of ankle bells. They, yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're stylish, uh, they're... You know they have something to say, tingling, um, and uh, so where this all started mm-hmm. um, that we know of, anyway. It, it actually it all began um, in in a religious context, believe it or not. That gradually sort of just became the norm outside of um, outside of faith communities in in central. Central America, what is now Central America. Uh, so what we have um, that sort of stood the test of time is this this story, mm. this, this myth um, of the, um, the great um, – I, I believe – and I'm sort, of, I'm sort of translating here yeah. on the spot um, – uh, just because the, the 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 original language just doesn't really exist in um, in oral yeah. in oral tradition anymore. And, and like it it's just it in writing. It wouldn't make much sense within our con- with, without the context of the of the time. Right. The closest uh, that I could get it to, to to an English an English statement that might make some sense is um, the listen here ceremonies, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, although, again, the grammar is a little clunky. Um, but why don't we uh, get into specifics? Yeah. That'll it'll make more sense as, as we go on with the story. Um, what it is, is that 
uh, in, in, in time faintly remembered, there was an indigenous, uh, there was an indigenous root that grew at the base of the mountains of, of Central America mm-hmm. uh, that had hallucinogenic properties. And it was a, a very common, uh, common pastime of the youth in the area to uh, get away on, you know, sort of like wild excursions with their friends and uh, the other, other, you know, young people of the community. To people who were their friends. Little... People who they hated. Anybody. It could be, I mean, anybody. It, it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their, their way, their methods of counting uh, relations and friends was just very different from how we would open. today. A lot more open, a lot more warm. Mm-hmm. Um, not as clear, distinct boundaries. Uh, so anyway, they, they, would, they, would, they would go on these excursions um, just to get a little munch on, on this route and would be sent essentially on this trip that could last, uh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, very, very potent. Um, even, even deadly. Yeah. Uh, if you're not careful, if it's not moderated. And so you had to choose very carefully who you were going with to make sure that it was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became such an incredible phenomenon that grew to be dangerous, uh, because of the utter lack of awareness that this root causes um, in the cerebral cortex, it actually inhibits certain sensory olfactories that mm-hmm. that uh, in, inform you that danger is near. Yeah, uh, it essentially shuts that part off in your brain, and you lose a lot of uh, your sense of of surroundings and and distance. Um, Hand eye coordination goes down, uh, and so. What would often occur is that, I mean, these individuals could just never be seen from again. Yeah. They, w- they would go off and you wouldn't see them again. Or even sometimes you would just see them walk right into the ocean mm-hmm. and just get chomped by, chomped by sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would see them, you know, uh, 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 what, see what appeared to be, you know, looking, looking for something in a tree and then just one misstep and that's yeah. it. And so... The elders of the communities there became so concerned with this growing issue that they devised this scheme to keep track of their youth on these excursions so they could find them in a pinch if they needed mm-hmm. to. And that was these these ankle bells. And it, it's funny now in hindsight, you know, looking back, how they were on board for this. Uh, but yeah, they didn't they didn't complain. Yeah. They were able to keep keep this tradition. Well, because of, I think of that going up I, to the mountains. I think that um, something that is very important to remember about the the young folk of this this particular place of Managua. Um, they they were aware of the danger, but the prevailing spirit of the youth was not that of rebellion. It was that of uh, adventure. And so the idea of taking away or lessening the danger was not an unwelcome thought to them. And so they, they they were well. If if this will help us, this will help us stay safe. Then perfect. They were they were completely on board, um, and that's what really helmed this. And and it and it and it became so popular that that you started seeing it. Um, it started making its way across water and and other in Europe. Started everybody was having these Managuan ankle bell, ankle bells, and and it was so 
it was so popular and so it took the world by storm. I'm sure that I'm sure that you know everybody's really you know heard about it. Um, the ankle bell heard around the world. You know that's there's been novels written about it. Um, but I think the thing that's so crazy about the the introduction of these ankle bells is sort of the Pandora's box that they opened, and that up until that point in history we had not. <sighs> we hadn't had that many bells just ringing, you know, there, there hadn't been that many bells ringing at the same time. And that, you know, at first was fine. You know, every once in a while you would just hear too much ringing, but it'd be fine. But, you know, then there was the, the day of the great, the day of the great crack. And, you know, I'm sure I don't need to explain to everybody what happened, but I, I will. It's the amount of sonic vibrations that were existing within our atmosphere tore a, a, a crack, if you will, in time and space and allowed for quasi time travel. And, you know, that be, became a messy situation where you had different world powers trying to, um, trying to bridge an artificial alliance with the people of Managua because that was the epicenter of this of this sort of space-time rift um but y- you know y- y- they they were cautious and very wary about who they who they you know, delivered the who they delivered their you know um welcome to because you you never know you never know if somebody time travels and just completely ruins the whole thing yeah that's right and there exists um, actual uh, hymns and and melodies from that time mm-hmm. that have sort of undergone uh, a revival in in um, exotic music communities, yeah. sort of trying to preserve older music traditions. And there are a few a few pieces that have survived from that mm-hmm. era in. Nuragua's history that were written as these sort of like epics mm-hmm. um, to to the great crack mm-hmm. and there's actually one that is um, uh, so uh, tre- tremendously popular yeah. uh, in, in that part of the world um, there's actually a, a really neat verse from that mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've committed to memory uh, I can just sing for you a, a, a really brief snippet of it. Didn't you kind of? Didn't um, you also brand that on your chest? Brand this. Is this the same set of lyrics that you branded on your chest? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know if this was. Okay. Yeah. Pr- proceed. Proceed. Sorry. Interrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is just like one little verse from it, uh, and, it and it goes like this: "It's like." And uh, the reason for that, that is that beautiful. that's all they could. That's all they could hear yeah. um, after the great crack. And so that's sort of a lot of their music mm-hmm. from that time. Sort of uh, follows that same trend, and because um, that was just all they were yeah. hearing. And and actually, I, I heard that um, they actually have a have found more of that piece, more of that composition. But scientists have said that it's really not safe to play an excerpt of that style of music that's longer than four minutes and 20 seconds because 
too uh, like a long enough exposure to that can cause um a local time dilation that can just be so hard to fix so hard to put back together you know um yeah yeah it's so but but that that's a, we have that little bit of everlasting culture in that and and it is it is kind of a a scary thing that happened you know a supernatural event took place um and and you know it took us a while to get back to normal and to just start to kind of acclimate to this new to this new world this new world with time travel and with you know the the sort of uh suspension of disbelief when it came to uh, science fictiony stuff was has been had been shattered um and and, it, and it, we we've you know kind of it's it's we have a few years under our belt since all that happens is what i'm trying to say and so i my question for you ethan is what do you think about last year's fashion week when we saw a return of the Minogwin ankle bells uh i mean to 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 avoid uh, I mean, to, to be aware of of the fact that uh, this could be uh, punny, it, it really was like uh, experiencing a rift in time, mm-hmm. uh, and and that may be the obvious answer, uh, but it really sort of awakens something in the in the spirit of um, recognizing when you can't go back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Nuraguan ankle bell ankle bells say to us now. Mm-hmm. It's sort of this statement yeah. to to modern humanity that uh, things just can't be the same. And, and that's okay. I, I I I really was struck very hard. I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up because I was really struck very hard by this by 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 seeing that. And it and it was a very visceral um visceral reaction to that. Um I am worried that if if the ankle bells take off again that we'll be in danger of opening another great great crack and because i mean the crack is still open the crack is still open it's being you know it's it's obviously heavily guarded and you know there's tons of safeguards in place for that like i think only george clooney and a bunch of his pals could go would be the only people who could break in um, but, but what, what do you think that we, that we are living in a world that might have a second crackening? We, we may, we may. And, and I don't want to say that, I, I don't want to sound, uh, like a, like a, a doomsdayer when I say that, uh, but rather as someone optimistic, Explain if that, that makes sense. Explain that. Well, I think that any kind of opportunity for a paradigm shift or a sort of rewriting of of the rules can be for many a fresh start Mm -hmm. and maybe a second chance. Mm. And the notion that we could get another crackening, another opportunity to explore explore realities into the the distant future into a new, in a new way in a new way that that may really force us to to think what the future could be because what, well what now could be what now could be if it's happening in some alternate 
yeah. uh, split split dimension because it's, it's, in, it's really in the future now. Ignore, it's really hard to ignore. It's really hard to ignore things when you can see their immediate repercussions. It's really hard, and so I think that you know maybe you are right. How it would be helpful for another rift, and and uh, you know, scientists have said that if there was to be another crack, it wouldn't necessarily have to open up space and time it could it could open up you know a, another dimension that we don't even know about yet uh, a dimension where everybody's just squares you know just geometric shapes like we we really don't know what's on the other side but if but if truth is something that we're not afraid of then why would we be afraid of more of it does that make sense yeah i hear that i hear that so and and actually if I'm being honest I was coming into this this conversation kind of worried but what you said about the amount of learning that we could do by stepping into the original great crack and maybe the second great crack um you know however many cracks we get just if we could if we could just experience that crack for and 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 kind of learn from it get from it what it you know, get, give, gets out, then we can, we could advance as, as a society so, so far and grow exponentially. It's, it's possible. It's possible. Mm -hmm. And maybe even probable. I think it, I think it's already happened. Because do you remember the, do you remember the earthquake? Mm, What was it? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that, that was not an earthquake. I think they were covering up the fact that there was a second cracking. Are there are there other pointers that would that would indicate that another crackening has started? Or yeah, okay. Well, here's here's one thing. Do you remember how? Um, do you remember how? F- since forever, as long as we can remember, when you watched Blue's Clues. Steve was always wearing a green striped shirt. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. mm -hmm. Well, Google it because Steve was actually an anthropomorphic octopus. Somebody had, somebody went back into time or went into another dimension and we fused realities. And so that was only one of the things that changed. Some, some other stuff could have changed. I mean, that makes sense. Cause did you just did you see that Tumblr post that someone had of of a it was a uh, a cover of the video game franchise uh, Time to Go oh yeah but it had it had the wrong title on it what did it it was it was called like Call of Duty or something I you know I did see that do you remember that I did see that what was it it was like Call of yeah Call of Duty which I mean honestly it sounds kind of funny to me yeah yeah. But it, but it, it seems like a blatant ripoff of Time to Go. So your so your theory is that this is actually due to a second crackening. I think that I think that there are reality discrepancies, and I don't know another way to explain that. I mean, I guess somebody could have gone into the original crack, the OC. And, and and kind of shaken things up. But I feel like we would have heard about that from the Monaguan government because they haven't 
they haven't kept anything from us so far. And so unless it's something that they don't even know about, I, it, I, I think it might be a second crack. And they have done a pretty good job of keeping that crack on, on lock. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been uh, tightly, tightly closed for a long time. Yeah. Um, the, cra- the crack has been, has been shut pretty vigorously. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty much, it's pretty much worn out at this point. So I, I don't know. I think that, there's, I think that there, there's a possibility. And I'm just saying there's a possibility. I don't mean to go into the pyramids right now. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, like Ethan said, this is, a, this is an exciting time to see what we can learn from the great beyond. That's right. That's right. And, and and I guess just to sort of tie up the discussion about the ankle bells, um, what what had happened after the after the krakening, mm-hmm. uh, that that harrowing event became renowned in uh, into uh, faith traditions that carried that on in their sort of their seasonal. Uh, their seasonal celebrations mm-hmm. and we would often see the ankle bells sort of featured as a prominent uh, a prominent feature and emphasis in their in their worship cycles and so uh that's sort of how it's come to us mm-hmm. in, in more uh, in more current days but now even uh as we saw with fashion week uh, that it's even in in casual uh non-sacred context yeah and and i think that i think that um something that we have to keep an eye out for is the um the lack of restraint because it, within the culture restraint is very important when using the ankle bells and so i think that just as long as we stay responsible we should be we should be fine um but ethan i think that that takes us takes us back home from pinpoint and is there anything that you just like really 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 need to say to the audience before we start tying this 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 present up and putting it under the tri- christmas tree Something that I really need to make clear. Make it clear, baby. Is that if you like background centuries, uh, you should just tell people about it. Tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this really cool podcast called Background Centuries. Super informative. Super transformative. Super true. Super true. Super true. So true. You don't even need to go and look it up afterwards. That's check how about true anything it is. We're saying. We, lo- we, we probably looked it up, right? Like, that's, you know. Not anybody can just have a podcast. So if you like it, tell your friends tell your and friends leave us a uh, leave us a review yeah. on iTunes. And while you're doing send that, send us a letter. Please, and you could send us a letter. Um, just you could just start uh, writing down random addresses, and maybe one of them will get to us. And I'm excited to get my get your letters and read them. And uh, while you're sending them, if you're a good multitasker. Go ahead and just brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. This has been Background Centuries. With your background boys. Noah. And Ethan. Always more to learn. Always less to say. Keep it skippy, Keep Phoenix. Keep it skippy, Paris, France. One, two, two three. three. <gasps>